Welcome to the podcast version of Robots in Depth. This episode's interview is with Nicola Tomatis and is produced in cooperation with Vivolver. Robots in Depth is supported by Aptomica. Visit aptomica.com to connect. You will find all past episodes and more on robotsindepth.com. Welcome to this episode of Robots in Depth. Today I'm honored to have Nicolas Tomatis here from Bluebotics. And we're going to start, we're going to talk about navigation, I understand, but we're going to start with how did you get into robotics? Why are you in the robotics field? Oh, wow. Uh, that's, uh, I will try to make a long story short. <laughs> oh, by, me, uh, by all means, share even the long, by all means, share even the long story. No, uh, I mean, uh, I'm coming from Switzerland. Mm. Uh, um, my father has a background in engineering, electrical mm. engineering. Mm. So with my brother, we were playing with uh, a battery and a small uh, light, uh, and we were turning, turning this on and off. And so we thought that we understood, I mean, I thought I understood electricity. Of course, it's not the case. <laughs> um, then we had, uh, uh, how do you call it, a small uh, uh, kind of bike with small motor when you are a child. Well, no matter. So we were tuning the motors and changing. A moped the was it? Yeah, a moped. Inter- exactly. Yeah, moped. Yeah, uh, you were you were hot roading it, yeah. Yeah, we were tuning that and doing nasty things. So I had the feeling I knew what a motor was, mm-hmm. and uh, well, I've probably with the influence of my father and and also my curiosity, mm-hmm. engineering was uh, what was motivating me. Mm-hmm. And when I had to choose in which direction to go, well, this is a surprise. I went in direction of uh, computer science, mm. and the reason for that is that this was the only one that I could really not understand. It was ah. a kind of box, and you have no idea what's really going on on mm. there. So I've done my study in computer science, and then uh, I had also a lot of frustration coming up because, uh, again, I was in the past, not anymore, understanding what was going on in the box, mm. but everything is going on in the box, mm. and that's where uh, robotics kind of motivated me to do the. The, the, the next step because we, you had computer science moving things that were out of this box and really marrying also uh, the, the electronics, electricity and uh, the mechanics. So that's how it started. Mm. Well, I, I hear that and I also think that myself that the, the, the combination of mechatronics being out there doing things and software is really enticing to people because you can do yeah. some much bigger things when you combine them than just separately. Absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree. Well, uh, in reality, there is a second version of uh, how I got into robotics, Mm. um, which comes from uh, when I was even younger. And I was hoping to get a remote control card for for my parents, and Mm. I never got it. Mm. So maybe that's why I then jumped to robotics too, and I had to finish my PhD to to receive this from my colleagues, then uh, (laughs) a remote control card. I have to choose, maybe, I don't know which of the two I should choose. (laughs) That was a very, that was hard work for a remote control card. Oh, yeah. Getting a PhD, (laughs) and hopefully not everyone has to go that route. (laughs) Uh, No, but but it's also spurred you on to do this, and, and those experiences, you had brought you to robotics, right? Yeah. And now you run Blue Blue uh, Botics. Exactly. And can you describe the company shortly for us in its history? Sure. Uh, oh, both of them. Okay. Mm. Now, yeah. uh, Blue Botics goal. Uh, well, we deliver navigation system for for uh, automated guided vehicles. Mm. That's the main goal. Mm. Ac- let's say activity number one. Mm. But activity number two, we are convinced that uh, today. I mean, we know today there are few applications. Uh, logistics uh, for for uh, car manufacturing for mm. moving pallets, but we are convinced there will be a lot of new application in the near future, and that's why the second activity is providing services 
to help customers building up new applications. So these are the two activities. About the history, so uh, the company is 15 years old. Very uh, old for robotics terms, that's right? That's true, and maybe it was uh, maybe too old <laughs> in the sense, no, we, we started very early mm. when the market w was not really ready, uh, which has the downside that you have to fight for a long time, mm. and the, the, the upside that uh, today in terms of navigation in the industry, we have really a long experience. We were on the market already almost 10 years ago. Mm. Mm. And I think that in certain respects, it is that either you're early and then you do decide your own fate, or you are late and the, the guys that are before you have to fail for you to succeed. I think that being early has its own value. Uh, absolutely, yes. Then, of course, it depends on also on the culture. I mean, if you look the, the American style, uh, 15 years uh, and, and, and the size we have now is, is ridiculous for them. They would have started Bluebotics, uh, 10 millions, failed, then Greenbotics, 10 millions, failed. And then before finishing the colors, they may uh, have a big, a much bigger acceleration was, as what we have today. Yeah? So mm -hmm. that's more their style. We are more uh, European style or even Swiss style, which is even worse. We are even slower. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so but it also builds quality <laughs> and builds relationships and builds staff, which is very hard. Absolutely. So that, you, you are absolutely right. If you compare now a, a company that's coming up now and going very fast, they will have money, they will have, they will find people, they will have one other people but they don't have 15 years of experience. No. And this is something which is very difficult to compress. Of course, you don't need 15, but maybe three, four, five you need. Mm. And this we have. So this is the, the upside of being there too early and mm. surviving until the right point comes. Yeah, being early and survival, those two in combination yes, are very powerful. Absolutely. Yeah, so you do then navigation. Uh, is this indoor navigation or is it, uh, can you describe the context <coughs> which your vehicles are usually placed in? Yes, yeah, so uh, today the products we sell are, are mainly for indoor navigation, laser based. Mm. The idea is very simple. Today, 95% of the automatic guided vehicles use safety laser scanner to, for safety. Mm. Uh, but the good point about these laser scanners is that uh, they can, let's say they do safety, uh, let's say, for four, five, eight meters, but they can measure distance up to 30 or even 50 meters. So with that, you have a very good uh, shape of the environment. The downside is that they are very low, the safety laser scanner, so you have everything was laying on the floor, you also see it. So uh, there are some challenges, but the idea is that we use this uh, information, this latest data uh, to, to, do, to perform navigation. And uh, it's not easy, but with the experience we have, it now it works very well. Mm. Okay, okay. So this is then used in warehouses. Is it also used in a co cooperative fashion with people in, in, in distribution? Mm, not for the moment. Uh, we have mainly three main markets today. Uh, in, in terms of uh, units, in reality, it is the cleaning application that does the most. About 40% uh, of the navigation system we delivered until now, uh, which could be could interact with people because if you are in the middle, it will uh, clean you around. And we're talking about industrialized cleaning of, Absolutely. of shops and shopping malls rather than than homes. Good right? point. No, it's, it's not. It's not. Uh, uh, it's not for for. Uh, uh, houses is really for professional cleaning. Mm. Um, the second application is industrial. This is really logistics, uh, forklifts moving around pallets, moving mm. around uh, pieces that are produced. Mm. And the third application is hospital logistics. Mm. And the hospital logistics, is, is that also cleaning or is it uh, distribution of food? Or Well, it's a good point because uh, we started hospital logistics with uh, distribution because everything is centralized. Mm. Food, 
uh, laundry, uh, pharmacy, and, and waste uh, collection. Mm -hmm. And uh, so this is the main idea. You have standard cars that are normally pushed by humans, mm -hmm. uh, but of course you would better have people, uh, care people taking care of patients and mm -hmm. not of cars. Mm -hmm. So that's why you use the, the, uh, the vehicles for the automation. Mm -hmm. But you are right also that cleaning uh, is very successful now in hospitals. Mm -hmm. So uh, we yeah, can even hospitals imagine... Hospitals really should be very clean. Absolutely. And we can even imagine uh, with, with our system to combine uh, both the cleaning uh, vehicles and the logistics vehicle under the control of the same uh, fleet management. So that's... Ah, uh, so they don't conflict with each other. Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. So that uh, 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 robots that is distributing things won't go through the clean zone exactly from the dirty zone to the clean zone so that they drag the dirt around this kind of things very yes. interesting very interesting uh, kind of integrating the whole whole yeah. thing our customer opened uh, with selling now the logistics vehicle is very interested in going this direction to uh, evaluate other uh, vehicles that could be integrated in the fleet doing different jobs mm -hmm. uh, and when we're talking about uh, the distribution of, of for instance laundry also mm -hmm. that has been going on for quite some time I understand this is not a new project really well, the market I, I, I cannot say when it started but there were already some suppliers since since yeah I don't know 10 15 years yeah, that's that's old for this kind of robotics, yeah, exactly. right? I mean, industrial robotics, it's not that old, but for robotics out there in society, it's very old, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. But uh, it, it did not really uh, accelerate until now. I have the feeling like many other applications it's taking up now. And if you take, for instance, China, where they uh, start a new hospital, two hospitals per week right now, yeah, you amazing. can imagine the, the market that you have. Uh, of course, again, it's a question of return investment, uh, but also a question about fin finding enough people that care, uh, do uh, care uh, uh, work uh, in the hospital. So there will be a lot of uh, need of automation in general. Yeah, because I, I, what I understand with this, uh, when it comes to distributing laundry, it's that it's first and foremost a physically heavy job. And it's also very boring because what you're doing is you're pushing a heavy cart around the hospital eight hours a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So staff turnover is a problem. Attracting the right kind of staff is a, is a problem. Well, it's, I would say it's even worse because t today this is done by uh, the person, the personnel that is uh, uh, carrying the patients. Mm. So when they are pushing the cars, they are not carrying the patients. Yeah, that's just and horrible use of manpower and I talent. And I, I, I don't know how it is in our countries, but in Switzerland, it's so difficult to find enough people to doing to work in the hospital in general. Mm. So uh, having them wasting time to push cars is just a nonsense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's also backbreaking work. You're not going to last long doing that yeah, because yeah. those carts are heavy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And have you also looked into the pharmaceutical distribution where we have the problem of the fact that some of these drugs are, are desirable for people that they're not r prescribed to? Well, uh, from a safety perspective. Not us. Huh? As technology supplier, we, we let's say, just uh, make sure that the vehicle moves well. It goes to uh, where it's supposed to, but, right? But exactly. But we have um, so concept or even pilot project with different uh, companies and in different applications where this is also a topic. Mm -hmm. Say that you, you, you run a business, you have some form of, of, of an operation today that doesn't use uh, AGVs or automated guided vehicles. What do you need to consider uh, to adapt your environment and your processes to use of automated guided vehicles. Give the um, people out there a primer. This is what you should think of b 
when you're about to contact us for for a suggestion. Well, that, that that's a good point. I mean, um, again, uh, the 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 HV, the automatic guided vehicles, they have been mostly used for uh, automating car manufacturing and moving pallets. The car manufacturing is a very good example. It's a very sequential and linear process. Mm -hmm. You have a, a piece of, of motor and then you build up the next and the next and the next. So uh, this process is very linear, very sequential. So if you want to automate a new uh, process, well, you have to be careful. The more the process is complex and, and non-linear, uh, the more you have to analyze if you can simplify it because of course the human is much more flexible than a machine. Mm. So uh, being open to adapt the process can be a key point if you want to automate complex processes. Mm. Do you also have to modify my facilities? Do you uh, install beacons for navigation or? Well, mm. with, with our technology, uh, we use, uh, by using the laser, uh, we really want to measure the, 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 the shape of the environment, the, the, the contour. Mm. Um, in case you don't, do not have contour, let's say if you have just racks everywhere, mm. we can also add a few reflectors to, uh, to make sure that we are more stable and more robust, but very few. Mm. I think in this sense, we have one of the best, or probably the best uh, solution on the market for complex environments. Mm. Very interesting. So this could be installed in most, most any factory or production uh, scenario. Absolutely. To be honest, uh, there are still many people that do not believe that you can do that with safety laser scanner because at that level you see really a lot of things moving around. Mm -hmm. But out of the, I don't know how many, we have uh, 240 more uh, and more uh, navigation system out mm -hmm. and we only uh, know about one installation mm -hmm. where they wanted to put a, a, an additional laser scanner higher because it was too crap on the floor. Mm -hmm. So was uh, that kind of a, 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 a really rough industry, like construction or or foundries or something? Uh, to be honest, I don't remember. Uh, I should ask the customer. But yeah. just just this to, to say that uh, we have really a lot of installation also in the industry mm. where this really works. Mm. It's, it's counterintuitive. Huh? Mm. If you look what's on the floor and you think you should just by measuring some points mm. uh, understand where you are, mm. you have the feeling it's difficult. But again, that's, uh, we have the chance that we took from, from the beginning an approach uh, which is very well compatible with dynamics in the environment. And then the rest are just many years uh, facing small problems and what we did well is that we were every time finding a good solution and embedding the solution in a current way into the product. Mm. So that's our strength. Mm. So uh, what kind of weights do you usually distribute? Is, is there a range of weight and distance to drive and uh, that, that should be considered limitations? No, because this is vehicle dependent. Mm. Ah, yeah, it so, has nothing to do with your guidance. No, no, no. So we have customers, I would say probably the lightest we move, let me think, is about 20 to 30 kilograms. Mm. And the aviest, it's, it's a recent installation, huh? so few tons, two, three mm. tons. But the, again, that's vehicle dependent rather yeah. than depending on your, your, your navigation. Yes, but uh, it's true uh, that probably if, if you, uh, I mean, in terms of precision, in terms of control, mm. uh, if you have a small vehicle with 20 kilograms, you are less stressed than if you have a, a huge vehicle of, of uh, 10 tons. Yeah, because it's uh, less likely to kill somebody, right? right? To kill and even not just to, 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 to touch the environment mm. or touch something else. So, uh, you know, a, a typical example is uh, uh, when, when you guarantee uh, accuracy, mm. you talk about uh, accuracy in X, Y and also in the angle. Mm. 
Ah, okay, so yeah. take the angle. If you have a vehicle like this, uh, mm -hmm. one degree error mm -hmm. is, is almost nothing. If you have a, a vehicle of 10 meters, mm -hmm. one degree is a lot. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. where you have to be careful about what you do. Yeah, so that would also mean that it is probably more suitable to, uh, and this is vehicle but also control develop de dependent, to square and box things rather than long things. You're not going to move around very long things because again the angle error there makes it hard. Eh? Well, it's easier. Mm. It, the, the, also in terms of maneuverability, the, the easiest is a rounded vehicle with the wheels in the middle, differential drive, so that you can move on the spot. Mm. But uh, you have to automate what your, uh, what your customer have, uh, mm. uh, have so mm. you, you do what they need. Yeah, you, you said you have about 250, you said you that you have about 250 uh, systems out there. Can you talk about any of them without dis di disclosing uh, private information? Yes, yes, yes. We have, uh, uh, again, um, I would say about 40% are just cleaning machines. Mm. Uh, so they clean, do they clean, uh, what kind of facilities do they clean? Uh, hospitals? I think the, the most used are hospitals, shopping centers, uh, there are a few museums also, mm. and this is really growing now. Mm. Um, then we have well hospitals for logistics, mm. and in the industry you have everything. You have from tire production to uh, food industry, electronics, uh, all kind of uh, of mm. application. Most of the cases is moving around pallets. But the cleaning there is interesting because we're going to see more and more of those robots out in shopping centers. And I think so. I you, think so. Do you also see that you're doing, and that's kind of a navigation, but also positioning problem. Do you see that you're going to be stocking shelves with these systems soon in, in the supermarket? Uh, you know, the, the manipulation uh, yeah. is a challenge. Uh, a lot of uh, researchers are facing that. Uh, there is a lot of expectation. In my opinion, it will take uh, time. Today, uh, try to find out just a single application using mobile manipulation. Mm. Uh, in my knowledge, there is no one really in operation. No, and I'm, I'm thinking, but your systems are safe navigating among the general public, right? Yes. Uh, also there you have to be careful. Huh? The navigation is not doing the safety. So the safety you do with the safety list kind of with bumpers, mm. by doing a, a, a risk analysis and so on. Mm. So it's not our blue box that ah, is really doing okay. the safety. Mm. It's doing the, the, the uh, navigation functionality. Mm. Then the safety must be separated. You need yeah. a redundant system. You need a, uh, but uh, so this means when we deliver on navigation, it's not us doing safety. It's no, the vehicle no. supplier that ah, has to yeah, put uh, okay, okay, the right okay. uh, redundant system. When we have a pilot project, or we also sometimes deliver some vehicles mm. uh, to to create uh, new applications, mm. then of course it's our job to mm. to take care of safety. Mm. Is there anything when we're talking? You do the navigation from. Mm. You, from A to B, somebody decides that the robot needs to go pick up a, a, an object A and then at point A, then drive it to B. Are there any things that potential customers could think of at, that could suggest that this is not uh, suitable for, for an automated guided vehicle? Are there any situations that you've discovered that this is just not a good idea? Well, you, need, you mean in, in terms of, of technology? Environment. Mm. implementation well we will for sure I would say there are two levels there is the technological level mm. and one day we'll find a place where it's not working for any reason mm. um, it's not the case right now but it will happen mm. the, the, our system is not perfect no. if the, someone says that they have a perfect system <laughs> don't believe them no. uh, and uh, Sorry. that's no problem 
you continue? Uh, no, it's okay. We'll just okay. go on. Uh, so that was from. Uh, should I restart the answer? Uh, no. What I'm looking for is 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 something that you think that you want to tell the listener, the viewer, that I haven't uh, hit upon because I don't know your 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 area like you do. Um, is there anything you'd like to convey to them that? Especially when you meet new customers, when you get new customers yeah, coming to you, yeah. is there something you wish they would have known bef beforehand? Well, uh, so okay, that you don't I have to explain it for the two hundred and forty-first sure. time, right? I, I, I can, I can try. Mm. So uh, again, uh, there are two two levels: the technological level and and more the let's say commercial level or functional level. Uh, on the technological level, there are limitations, but it's more the functional level which is important. Mm. We always say we are involved also in in uh, in, uh, in kind of crazy pilot projects. So on one side, you have the very concrete automatic guided vehicles delivered from A to B. Mm. That's it, that's clear. Mm. And then we have uh, sometimes uh, applications uh, like guide robots, like, uh, well, the CleanFix in the beginning was mm. a kind of uh, crazy mm. start. Huh? Mm. Uh, we have right now uh, the, the uh, self-drop-off uh, at the airport, which is uh, with a mobile robot, which allows to do the process outside the airport. So yeah. these are kind of processes that uh, uh, are very, uh, let's say, in investigation. Yeah. Uh, so that would mean you could drop off your bags somewhere outside the airport yeah. to this robot and it would bring, bring exactly. it to the aircraft. Exactly. Oh, I would love that. Uh, that's the latest uh, pilot project we have, which is more exploratory. Mm. So we have really, in the range from the very concrete to the very crazy, mm. we have more near the very concrete, of course. Mm. But it's, I think it's important for us, for Blubotics, to have also some of this crazy application mm. because on one side, it mm. may really turn into a, a real market mm. with high potential, like, mm. like the cleaning now. Mm. On the other side, this also is uh, giving visibility and inspiring mm. uh, new applications. And it also teaches you stuff, even if it eventually fails, you're going to learn so Absolutely. much more about what you can do with your technology and, and, and how you can use it. But that that um, airport robot, I'm really looking forward to that one. I should take a look, it's quite, it's quite interesting. Now, yeah. I, by, by the way, in general, I always say, if you want to have an application that works, you need, of course, you need technology. Mm. Uh, without technology, it's difficult. Mm. But you also need the end user mm. uh, that really understands the process, understands where you can bring value. And then I would say you also need, I call it design, but it's more about uh, the design of the whole system, about usability and, and, and this kind of stuff that really makes the, the whole thing that can go to the market and make the difference. When you're talking to, you've been here for 15 years, which gives you an enormous overview of the recent development in robotics. Uh, am I correct in thinking that the, the, the response you get from potential customers when you meet them is very different now than five or 10 or 15 years ago? Oh, They're yes. much more educated about robotics. Yes, yes, yes. Well, absolutely, yes. They are more aware about exists. Then, uh, of course, there is also the, uh, like always, the downside, there is also a huge expectation. Mm. And, uh, you know, out there, there are companies that are very concrete, that they are bringing value today, but there are also companies that are really surfing what I call the hype, surfing mm. the hype and trying to make big promises. So I expect personally that we will soon have a kind of, uh, we are kind of coming to the up top the, of the hype, so there will be some disillusion. Yeah, the, the thrust, the thrust exactly. of dissolution. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, which is, again, not so bad. The only bad point is that it's, during this phase going down, it's not easy to understand who will be the winner and the loser. Mm. So it's important to posi position very well now. And what, what we do is by really 
not overselling, not overpromising, but by being very, very concrete about what's feasible and what makes sense. We we all already refused a lot of projects. Also, our um, our approach, especially when it is a new application, is to start with a kind of feasibility study and the philosophist uh, spent as few money as possible to remove as much risk as possible. Absolutely, of course you want to do that. Uh, you also probably dealt with the same customer many, many times over all of these years. Can you tell us a little bit about how it is to deal with the same customer when you implement the, the third system and fourth system? Because I understand that the, the tough sell of a robot is the first one. When they bought the first one and they see it working, they see it when it works and how it fails and all of that stuff. How is it to sell the second and third robot to somebody? Well, again, uh, we deliver the technology, mm. not really the robot. So mm. uh, it, it's maybe a little bit different. Mm. But um, it's true that the relation, especially when you bring an, an, an innovation, mm. an innovative technology, mm. uh, well, it's, uh, it's, really, it's really interesting. Mm. First of all, well, uh, at the beginning, let's, let's talk about innovation. Just one thing, it's not true that people like innovation. Mm -hmm. It is completely wrong. People Very like innovation only when it works. Mm. <laughs> so, but that, that's a key point. So when you are coming with something new, mm. people tend to think, oh, no, no, stay away. You, you, you are a risk. So uh, you have to um, make clear that the risk they are uh, entering, which is a risk, we have to be honest, mm. is uh, much smaller than the value you can bring. Mm. So this is the first stage. Mm. And that's why it's very important to remove as much risk as possible in the very early phase mm. when there is a uh, minimal investment. Mm. So when then you are succeeding in this step by step, then you go towards integration, towards uh, uh, the first uh, uh, prototype, and then product uh, and then the product goes to the market then of course if you are able to convince someone to use an innovative technology that really brings value and you are successfully going to the market with him then the trust you are building at is a, a very great level mm. and then you can really go forward with that Mm, mm, mm. Ah, very interesting to hear. Do you think we're going to see this? Everybody's talking about last mile delivery. Yep. We all order stuff of the internet yes, and, and yes. both as companies and as private citizens. Do you think we're going to see automated guided vehicles for the last mile delivery anytime soon? This is outdoors, so it's not really your field, but no, no, you no, know no. the field better I, than most people. I, I did not talk about that. We, we are considered mainly in indoor, but in reality we developed since years already also an outdoor solution. Mm. And normally we do not talk about that because as being a, a quite small company, we, we better talk about what we have and exist and works, uh, mm. again, to avoid overselling. Mm. Uh, so but now we get to hear the real story, uh, the back story. <laughs> I like no. that. <laughs> no, no, I would say for me, the, the last mile delivery, mm. I, again, I, I'm I'm not expert in the field, so uh, I already talked with people uh, there. Uh, it's the question about the value that you can really bring uh, with that. From a technology point of view, why not? It's much easier than using drones mm -hmm. and much easier than an autonomous car. Mm -hmm. So uh, in my opinion, it's, it's feasible. Then again, uh, the big question will be uh, the value with respect to the cost. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. there, uh, so you, you asked uh, if this is coming very soon depends what is soon. Um, I, I think it's possible, yes. Mm. And uh, especially for cities where mm. you maybe want to order a pizza or, or, or these kind of things, services that you really want right now, mm. why not? Mm. Why not? 
Yeah, and I also think that uh, sometimes with this traveling with this studio, I, I have to order replacement parts, and it's always stressful when I, I had this before leaving for Automatica here, uh, and and not having mail delivery on Saturday and Sunday, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be amazing if if it could come to me. Uh, can travel to me constantly, uh, even if it was day or night or Sunday or whatever. That would be really helpful. Yeah, but you see, this is this is exactly the exercise that we have to do. Mm. You you just point out a, a, a real value mm. that this system could have. Maybe it will be more expensive than what we have now, but mm. it will be a, a complementary solution, additional mm. solution, mm. where you say, hey, I really need it. I, I'm willing to pay twice the price, but mm. I need it now. Yeah, and because the alternative would probably be nothing. more expensive, right? Or, 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 mm. or even nothing. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. That's, uh, that's where it makes sense. And that's mm. the, I was talking about processes before. Uh, mm. Processes are the key. I mean, not, unfortunately, not the technology. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And I, I, I think that it's amazing uh, to see these autonomous, autonomous guided vehicles run around and that, that they behave so nicely. And they, they feel, you feel even with the big one, the, the, the washing robot, you feel perfectly safe around it. Yep. And it really navigates the way uh, you should do. I mean, I know that a person, you're, you're usually ir irrational. You, you yes. don't clean your floor the way you're supposed to. But oh, the robot yeah. actually does. And that looks very cool. Well, that, that's, uh, this is also an interesting point. I think that uh, you have to develop a cleaning robot to really think about how yourself are cleaning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when, I was, when we were in this development, I was always thinking, how, how, how can I make sure that I was really cleaning also this corner and this corner. You probably weren't when you were before you thought about ah, it. That, that, to exactly. With the robot. Exactly. So it's it's uh, it's very interesting to to try to understand what is our algorithm for doing certain things mm. and then you notice that basically well uh, probably we forget a lot of corners. Mm, yeah, yeah. But you can't do that when you build an automated vehicle because ah, then no. somebody's going to notice, yeah, right? Exactly. Oh, there is like the, again the, ex the expectation for the machine is is, is uh, in this sense, higher in terms of performance, quality, mm. in terms of safety, mm. uh, the, the, the human forklift driver mm. creates accidents, mm. of course. Mm. The AGV cannot. Mm. So uh, mm. the expectation is, is really different. Mm. And I guess when it comes to, for instance, cleaning, which is a surface covering operation, your algorithm, and this is really your algorithm, has to map and be really efficient with how it drives. So it covers the maximum amount of surface uh, within the battery charge, for instance, or within the time given. Yeah. Well, the, the, the idea that, by the way, it's not mine as my colleague Pierre does not all the job. <laughs> I, I'm just the one that has to talk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the, indeed, uh, I mean, when we had to do that, uh, oh, by the way, this gives me the opportunity to talk about uh, the approach that we have at Robotics. Uh, this was a typical case where we had to develop something new that was not existing on the market. And uh, our uh, approach to that is that we really start the naive way. So we don't want to be influenced. We try to find a solution within us. Mm. Uh, there is, I think, Mark Twain was saying they did it because no one told them that it was impossible. <laughs> so this is this is why the first step is the naive way. Mm. It can help for that. Then the second step is to send. Uh, as I said, Pierre, my colleague, and few others that have the competencies mm. to read all the theory, the publication, and so on, and to mm. kind of uh, mix up the naive way with the, uh, let's say, State research of the way. Art. Exactly. Mm. And then, if possible, which was not, not the case there, uh, we then um, present the, uh, the concept we have to people that already have 
uh, done something similar in the in the industry. Mm -hmm. So uh, for the cleaning example, uh, Pierre had to do then the job to take over what was in the in the publication and research. And you know how it is there. It's uh, assuming the sensors are perfect, assuming that every every solution had few assumptions that turn out, turn out not to be. Uh, acceptable for the real world. So uh, we, Pierre has developed this whole development and it did not work. But by doing the naive way, the research way and implementing and gaining experience, he had the idea of a new approach that was not existing mm. and that was uh, the right compromise uh, between performance, between uh, reliability, robustness. And now we have a solution, as you say, that is uh, in reality quite simple, simple from an algorithmic point of view, but really works in the real world with all the problems, with, with uh, data which is not perfect, with dynamic objects, etc. Yeah, the devil is always in the detail and oh, the yes. long experience you have, have, have simply put you into contact with more details oh, and yeah, you've learned more how to problems. handle them. Yeah, yeah, more, no. more problems and, and I, that I, I, as a businessman I always see this as uh, when there is a problem, whether there is a customer complaint, whether there is an issue, that's a, that's an opportunity to learn and to improve. Absolutely. Now, um, this is this is sorry that I interrupted, but mm -hmm. this is a, a key skill I think. Mm -hmm. If you are coming into a new market with a lot of technological challenges, you have to go out, make mistake, face problems, but then learn from them and and. That's the way then you do a robust uh, product. Mm, it's not how many times you fall over, it's how many times you get up, right? <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's also so that now when, when your algorithm, you can control multiple types of vehicles, both That's cleaning right. vehicles, distribution vehicles, and, and, and any other conceivable safety monitoring vehicles, and you can optimize how they move together. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, this is, uh, let's say, an heritage we have because uh, we had to develop a fleet management system uh, we were mandated first by, by OP and a, a customer in hospital logistics for that because our first customer in the beginning they were mostly uh, installing single vehicles. Uh, the reason is that it's very difficult to be competitive by installing single vehicles because installation costs are quite high and since we are exactly facing this part so uh, the structure of our customers together with the uh, characteristic of our products made uh, for them really uh, being very uh, competitive to, to deliver single bake. So back to the fleet management, we had to develop that for hospitals, mm -hmm. but of course we developed that for all our navigation products. And uh, we had also to adapt it for different vehicles because we have different markets. And so that's the heritage. So since we have to do for different vehicles, different markets, now we can mix them together in, in, a, in, 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 the, in the fleet management that we use. Mm. How do the vehicles of different types cooperate? How would the distribution of food cooperate with the distribution of laundry or the distribution of pharmaceuticals? I would, well, I would think, for instance, food trucks would have right away because the food grows cold. But the linen won't. Oh, or is it oh there are there, there are a lot of details also that, that make the difference there. Um, first of all, we distinguish between vehicles by defining the payload. Mm -hmm. So uh, every vehicle has a payload defined. So that's how you send the right vehicle to the right place, mm -hmm. uh, not a cleaning uh, vehicle to the food delivery. <laughs> um, then about uh, the strategies or, or the algorithms used for that, uh, there are conce concepts like well uh, priority of course, mm -hmm. but we also have concepts like deadlines, which means that uh, you have to guarantee to deliver something 
before a certain deadline. Mm -hmm. And by combining this kind of uh, characteristics, you can really build up a system that is suitable for food delivery or for uh, other applications. Mm, uh, for instance, food is it go, it'll go cold, but pharmaceuticals, if you don't get your medicine on time, really bad things yeah, can yeah, happen. Yeah, that's, so that's really priority levels. Exactly. And yeah, yeah, very interesting, very interesting. And that's also something that humans have a hard time doing, communicating over the whole system uh -huh. and saying that it's better for the totally, it's better if we do this because humans can't really talk to each other to that extent, right? Right, right. right. Very interesting, very interesting. It's been fantastic to talk to you and I appreciate you taking the time to do an interview. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks to you for giving me the opportunity. Yeah, so now we know a little bit more about automated guided vehicles and navigation. Thank, Thank you. you very much. I hope you liked this episode of the podcast version of Robots in Depth. This episode is produced together with Vvolver. Vvolver is a platform and community providing engineers informative content that help them innovate. It's how engineers stay cutting edge. Optimica is the founding sponsor for Robots in Depth. Optimica rents anything in modular robotics. Dream, rent, build. Visit optimica.com to connect. I'm your host, Per Sherboy. Until the next episode, thank you for listening.